Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, manifestors and manifester curious people. If you are listening and you are not a manifester energy type, thank you for being here. I assume you know somebody who is a manifester and you want to love them better, or maybe you are a coach or a teacher in human design and you want to learn about manifestors straight from the manifestor mouths, whoever you are. We are excited to have you here. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I want to talk about somewhat of a more psychological topic today, Um, a little bit heavier. However, this is something that I've spoken about quite a bit throughout my content, so it should come as no surprise to you guys. I mean, we're up to episode 152. (laughs) What? (laughs) 152. And uh, I want to talk about manifestors and trauma triggers today. I would say that I've probably spoken about trauma in at least a third of my podcast so far. So uh, if trauma is something that you are currently struggling with and maybe you are feeling a bit extra sensitive to trauma, this may not be the episode that you want to listen to. Um, However, if you are feeling resilient around your trauma, if you are feeling curious, then I am going to be providing a very um, psychologically based practical kind of trigger cycle for us to be looking at today and issuing a little bit of a challenge as to how we as manifestors um, are responding to that and what we can be doing about it. So uh, once again, like everything else lately, this is very representative of my experience. So I know that I've mentioned this a number of times before on the podcast, but I come from a very, very traumatic background. So I have a complex PTSD experience. Um, I think it's fairly typical for line sixes to have gone through major traumas. I think that I was just incredibly lucky enough to um, have experienced major trauma in in every area. So uh, physical trauma, sexual trauma, um, mental, emotional, uh, even financial trauma and medical trauma. So Trauma is something that is a very central part of my experience. It's very central to my healing experience. Trauma is something that I believe that I will continue to work on mastering for the remainder of my life. I I really feel like I'm here to experience and observe trauma at a very deep level and to come into a lot of understandings and integrations around trauma. And I, I was not always so open-minded about that. Um, I certainly started working on my trauma very early. I was about 18 when I started doing specific dedicated work with a therapist around my trauma. And I'm 39 now, so I'm 21 years in. Uh, it's more than half my life that I've been actively working on my trauma. 
But I do think that like most people for a, a big chunk of that time, I was very focused on like, why me? You know, why, why did all of this occur to me? Why has it been so painful for me? Why has it been so hard for me? Why did I have to go through all of this? Um, and I'm thankful to be out of that. I'm thankful to be out of that place. I'm thankful to be in a position now where I do genuinely see trauma as uh, a special experience. It's a unique experience. It's certainly uh, an opportunity for uh, depth and healing and awareness at a level that uh, people without significant trauma are, are kind of not ever able to experience. So um, I have been going through another dedicated, specific conscious journey around my trauma um, that I started, I uh, kind of started in around January this year. I, I'd spent October, November and December in just massive trauma triggers last year when it was coming to relationships. Um, trauma is not something that I've ever dealt with in the context of relationships before. So I've done a lot of um, therapy, so um, psychology, psychiatry, psychotherapy, somatics, um, some plant medicine, definitely a lot of energetic healing. Um, I've approached, you know, my trauma from, from a lot of different angles and down a lot of different layers. I just had never done work to... Uh, view how my trauma was showing up in my relationships and how that was getting triggered through my adult relationships and um, that opportunity lovingly got thrust upon me <laughs> with just alarming intensity um, in about October last year and after three months of really spiraling through trigger after trigger after trigger in like every single major relationship that I was in in my life with my you know my closest friends with my husband with my parents you know I was just getting pummeled I felt like um I reached out to a, a healer that is a trauma specialist that I have worked with in the past um and entered myself into an active process of healing so that has been going on for uh, nearly seven months now and I will say that this is the most intense healing journey I've ever done and that's really saying something because <laughs> uh, I live at depth I mean for those who of you who are familiar with Gene Keys um, my vocation sphere so the, the work that I'm here to do exists on on Gene Key 48 gate 48 which is the gate of depth so I'm really here to do work at depth, at exquisite, intuitive and emotional and intellectual depth at every moment. I am never, ever superficial. Like I am that person that is always deep, always deep. I am always like talking about your deepest wounds and, you know, your traumas and your feelings and your thoughts. And like, I am just, I'm never superficial. I can be light and I can be fun, but I'm never um, shallow at any point. So um, I've done a lot of healing journeys. I've done a lot of intentional, very intense healing journeys that have gone for prolonged periods of time. And this has been by far the most extreme. It's been by far the most intense and I'm not even done yet. So I'm, you know, seven months in and I'm, <laughs> I'm not even done. So um, I'm curious to see what evolution this takes. Um, and I'm also, I'm also just keen to share some of the learnings that I've experienced so far and even perhaps old knowledge that I've now integrated in, in new ways and understood in new ways where it comes to applying these things to things like relationships. So um, I wanted to share this on the podcast because 
again, if you've been in my programs or if you've listened to the podcast before, you've probably heard me mention this. I don't believe that I've ever come across a manifester that has not experienced trauma. And while we could argue that every human experiences trauma to some degree, um, the psychological classification of trauma is that we have big T trauma and little t trauma. Um, So big T trauma being major event trauma, such as, um, you know, abuse, um, violence, you know, witnessing death, a um, natural disaster, things like school shootings, right? They're, They're big T traumas. And then we also have little t traumas, which are um, those more chronic, consistent, uh, lower grade. I say that in air quotes. I mean that <clears throat> your nervous system receives trauma as trauma. So there's really no like bigger or smaller trauma. Um, but little t trauma refers to things like having a critical parent, um, you know, having grown up with difficulties around finances, um, having emotional attachment needs that haven't been met. Um, those kind of things. So being in toxic environments, all of these create traumas within the body and, um, either big T traumas or little T traumas. I, every person has experienced that, right? Certainly there are some people who have only experienced little T traumas. Um, but I don't think that as humans, you can navigate through the world without having experienced some form of trauma to your nervous system because, Trauma is classified as uh, an event or an experience that was unexpected or overwhelming. And then your nervous system stores it as a trauma. And I I just think that every human has had that experience because none of us live in a perfect world. But having said that, manifestors experience a very specific and unique and, and rather intense set of traumas based on the way that our energy interacts with the rest of the world. So like I said, I'm yet to find a manifester that does not have trauma relating to our core wounds. Now, if you don't know what the core wounds are for manifestors, we have four core wounds. And I covered this in episode 138. So go back to episode 138 if you want to have a listen to that, where I talk you through what are the four core wounds for manifestors? How do they show up in our behavior? How do they show up in our relationships? Um, Because these core wounds are responsible for the trauma that manifestors experience. In addition to that, manifestors are also humans. We are also humans. And so we are experiencing traumas based on our core wounds, which is um, rejection, inadequacy, mediocrity, and control. But in addition to that, we are also experiencing traumas, big T traumas and little T traumas based on these kind of common human domains, these spaces that all humans in the human experience are experiencing trauma in and those include helplessness rejection shame abandonment dependency and apathy these are areas that all experiences all sorry all humans are experiencing some level of trauma in so when we add that to the manifesto core wound trauma experience we can see like yo okay manifestors are experiencing trauma through a slightly altered lens manifestors are experiencing trauma through perhaps a slightly more intense lens because for us the trauma doesn't really let up because our manifesto energy doesn't it doesn't change we continue to live you know behind a closed aura we continue to be um unintentionally threatening or intimidating to some people i think it gets better as we get older because we take on different social status and different social roles and we can capture our power in more healthy ways but i just 
I'm yet to come across a manifesto that has kind of gotten through childhood at least unscathed without some trauma based on those core wounds. Now, the reason that trauma then needs to become a pretty central part of our understanding in relationships is that often we can think that as manifestors we're in our power. So we're really in that, you know, like strong, empowered, like sovereign, I am, you know, I am me, manifest to hear me roar. We can think that we're really in our power state or that we are in our sacred manifestor anger because we're having these big angry reactions to things and these volcanic eruptions and we're exploding and we're feeling these big emotions. But actually, we're in a trauma trigger. So we're not in our power state as a manifester and we're, we may be experiencing anger as part of our trauma trigger, but it's not necessarily that sacred manifester anger or it's our anger identifying to us, something's out of alignment here, you are in a trauma trigger, you need to look at this and that is why you are feeling angry because this state, this trigger is misaligned. So this is where manifestors need to start really paying attention to how their trauma specifically is showing up in their relationship through trauma triggers. I'm going to take you through what the cycle of trauma triggers are and how they show up. Um, I'm also going to talk to you a little bit about how the brain perceives trauma and, and kind of how that plays into things like trauma triggers. But I really want to credit someone here. Um, a lot of this language and a lot of this teaching, I think, is so beautifully represented by Morgan Pommels, who is a uh, psychologist. She's a trauma specialist in psychology. She also specializes in relationships and relational trauma. Um, I have been doing some study with her core program, which is called How to Love. And I really want to credit Morgan for a lot of the way that she has kind of concisely put this together. This is psychological theory, so this is, you know, not copyrighted to Morgan by by any measure. This is the way that this, the field of psychology understands trauma, but I do think that the way that Morgan teaches it and represents it is unique to her. Um, and if you are wanting to do work on your trauma and how it's showing up in your relationships, I could not recommend her more. Morgan Pommels, she is amazing. So, when we experience a trauma in our life, again, whether it's a big T trauma, whether it's a little T trauma, whether it's, um, you know, a trauma that is based off those core wounds as a manifesto, whether it's those more common domains as a human, whatever your trauma has been, what happens, neurologically speaking, is that your body is flooded with a stress response. We all know that in you know response to a trauma, we go into a stress response, which is the fight, flight, or freeze. You can also have fawn, it's a you know a little bit less known, but fight, flight, or freeze. Now what's happening hormonally in your body at this point chemically is that your body is flooding with cortisol because it's perceived the experience to be a threat because it was unexpected or it was overwhelming and your body doesn't have the capacity to deal with it. Your, your mind doesn't have the capacity to deal with it. So your body floods with cortisol. This means your brain also floods with cortisol. Now, what's normally happening in the brain whenever you are having any kind of experience at all, your hippocampus, which is a beautiful area of the brain, is taking all of your experiences and neatly cataloging them, taking them from short-term memory into long-term memory. 
If anybody has watched the movie Inside Out, I love the way that they represent this because, um, you know, like the long-term memory kind of goes down into the void, right? The hippocampus is the place of the brain that is responsible for taking all of those short-term memories and filing them neatly away in long-term memories. However, when your brain is being flooded with cortisol, the hippocampus stops being able to do that executive functioning. So we get these trauma memories then that are unable to be moved. The computer in the hippocampus says, I, well, I can't. I, I, my process is, is disrupted. I can't move this into long-term memory, and so I'm kind of stuck. Then another area of the brain known as the amygdala, the amygdala steps in to help out. The amygdala is the part of the brain that is essentially responsible for emotions, among other things. It's responsible for applying emotions to experiences. So the amygdala steps in to help the hippocampus and says, well, let's apply an emotion to this and, and maybe then we can categorize it if we place an emotion. So all of a sudden, our trauma memory is not moving to a long-term memory. It's not being processed or categorized. It's being held in current memory status. But it is also then kind of shrouded and wrapped up in this packaging of a particular type of emotion. This is why when we have a trauma, we struggle to remember it correctly. It's also why we get trauma triggers because whenever the body experiences that emotion again we go back into the trauma trigger because that trauma memory is still sitting there in the hippocampus saying well I can't really be processed I can't really be categorized but I do have this emotion attached to it and so now we're going to set that emotion as a warning system we're going to set that emotion as an alarm call to say if we experience this again we know it's a threat Ultimately, what we're trying to do, neurologically speaking, with traumas is that we're trying to unravel that process somewhat and we're trying to activate the brain in a non-stress response to then have the hippocampus move that trauma memory into long term. That's how we process traumas. So there's a little bit of medical background for you, okay? Let's talk about the trauma trigger Process. Now that we understand the involvement between long-term memory and we understand the involvement between emotions, the rest of the trauma trigger process is going to start to make a little bit of sense for you. Now, when you get triggered by a trauma, it's because you have had an experience with another person or with an environment that has been similar to the previous trauma. So it's going to have activated that emotion per se um, it is it's going to have had some similarity so maybe you see somebody that looks similar to the person who was involved in your trauma maybe there is a sound a sight a smell um, that is similar to the previous trauma it is something that has a similarity that has a connection that activates that trauma again in your hippocampus it activates that trauma again in your brain that says yep this is still here this is still here so as soon as that trauma trigger is activated in an experience and let's let's bring this down to relationships right as soon as you the relationship that you are in with somebody perhaps the friendship that you are in with somebody perhaps they say something that is similar to something that was said to you while you were in the trauma the initial original trauma all of a sudden you are not responding to the present experience anymore 
you have gone back to the original trauma. Your brain is back in that original unstored memory of the trauma and it is responding to that. Your brain doesn't have the ability to discern between what is reality and what is illusion. It is simply responding to the pathway. So it says, whoop, here we are. There's the warning system. That's where we're at. We're in this situation again. So the trauma trigger occurs because there's some similarity. But then the second stage of that cycle pops up. And that's where your body starts to undergo the stress response again. Your central nervous system steps in, says, yep, I've heard the warning. I've read the red flag. We need to go into our stress response. So you are going to start feeling that fight, flight, or freeze. This is going to look like um, a breaking down of your executive functioning. You're going to feel like you won't be able to make clear decisions or clearly narrate yourself through it. You might shut down your language center and find trouble speaking, or you might yell, you might react, you might cry. You can also get, you know, uh, you can sweat, have sweaty hands, you can feel clammy. Uh, this will have some impact on your digestive system because of the enteric nervous system. So your digestion is maybe going to slow down or it's going to speed up. You're going to you know, get cramping or stomach pains or nausea or butterflies. Um, sometimes your bladder even gets involved and you can feel like you need to go to the toilet. Your body is going into a stress response, heart pounding, breath catching, stress response. That's the immediate clue that you're in a trauma trigger. <laughs> when you're in a current situation and you can feel your central nervous system activating to it and it's not proportionate to the danger that you're experiencing in front of you, you're in a trauma trigger, right? You're not in your power as a manifester and you're not in your sacred anger as a manifester. You're in a trauma trigger. From there, the next step of the cycle is that there is some emotion that comes up intensely. Remember, because the amygdala wants to apply that emotion because we're still in that original memory. So whatever emotion got applied to that memory, that's the thing that we're going to feel. And it's going to flood your body straight away. So maybe that, maybe that emotion is anger. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe it's overwhelm. Maybe it's panic right? Um, maybe it's sadness, maybe it's grief, whatever that emotion is, it can be really helpful to try and identify what the emotion is and understand, oh, okay, this is the emotion that's connected to the original trauma. It's not necessarily the emotion that I'm feeling about this particular situation. Once the emotion gets connected to the central nervous system response, the next stage in the cycle is that the brain then begins to narrate a story based on that emotion. Um, your brain is this remarkable system that is, is incredibly complex, but it's also very primal. So the brain operates on stories. Every neural pathway is a story. The brain wants to understand the world around it through stories. So your brain is going to, to create a story or ideally for the brain, go back to the original story, which has already been created with the original trauma that explains the emotion. So, Understanding what that story is can really be helpful if you can identify that. So maybe the story is I'm unloved or I'm never protected or only uh, other people only look after themselves or I am not good enough. I am inadequate or I am always at risk, right? What is the story that is connected to that emotion that is connected to that trauma for you? Then 
from that story because your brain is then moving along that pathway it said okay we've had the trigger we've had the central nervous system response we've had the emotion the emotions has told us what story we need to feel now i'm going to behave i'm going to react i'm going to move into a behavioral response and that behavioral response will always come down to one of two self-protective mechanisms it's either withdrawal or pursuit withdrawal or pursuit so it's where you will try to exit the situation, withdraw, get out, bail out. In relationships, this can look like, I'm trying to like, I'm going to end this relationship. I'm not staying here for this conversation. Like you are out of my life, right? This can really mix in with boundaries, which we were speaking about in a previous episode. Um, don't set boundaries from a trauma, trauma trigger, please. It's, it's very unhealthy. Um, but it's that sense of I've got to get out of here. I'm going to withdraw. My emotions are too big. I'm going to pull them back to myself. This is where we start to see um, repressive throat wounds show up for manifestors. I can't speak. I can't say anything. I'm too much when I do. Nobody's going to hear me. They don't listen to me. I don't get honored. It's a almost a victim state of I need to avoid. I need to withdraw. I need to repress. Now, the other behavioral response that can come out here as a self-protection mechanism is pursuit that says, okay, well, I'm, I'm in a trauma state. I have to get my needs met. And so I'm going to pursue them. I'm going to chase this down. I'm, I'm going to force this to happen. So this is where we see manifestors exploding with that anger or trying to control, coerce, force other people, um, trying to you know stay in connection with somebody when really ideally perhaps you both need space, um, trying to pursue conversation, trying to force conversation, um, trying to force a resolution. This tends to be where we see reactive manifestor throat wounds show up of, I'm not enough, I'm not being heard, I'm not getting my needs met, and so I'm going to talk more, I'm going to talk louder, I'm going to interrupt, I'm going to talk over the top of other people, I'm going to yell, I'm going to scream, I'm going to explode. They're both self-protective behaviors, and ultimately they're both shooting for the same outcome. Both of them are saying, my needs are not being met, because I am existing in the original trauma here. And instead of then looping back, and this is what happens for those of us who are, are in a trauma trigger state, is that when we're not aware of it, we then just loop back. We loop back to that, oh, I'm you know back in that trigger and then I have this central nervous system response and then I feel the emotion and then my brain tells me the story and then I go into this self-protective behavior and we cycle through it and through it and through it and through it and, and we're actually trauma reenacting in every single one of our relationships. Um, because it's your brain's way of trying to create a situation where you can heal that, process it, and move that trauma into long-term memory. So this is how we get stuck. We get stuck in these healing loops. We get stuck in these spaces of like, well, it's deja vu. I've been here before. I've felt this before. This trauma keeps getting triggered, right? Like I keep showing up in the same kind of relationships, attracting the same kind of people. Like why is that? I want to reiterate here that if you can identify yourself in this trauma trigger process, this is very different to being in your power as a manifester. It's also very different to being in your anger as a manifester. And I think that we need to pay attention for ourselves into what the distinct differences are between the two. As soon as you get a central nervous system involvement, you are in a trauma trigger. You are in a trauma trigger cycle and we need to be healing 
our trauma triggers. As manifestors, we need to be healing our trauma triggers. Everyone needs to, I believe. But manifestors are initiators. And so if we are constantly in this process of trauma reenacting and being in our, tra our trauma trigger cycle, that's what we're initiating more of. We go out and we initiate that. We're continuing to initiate the emotions and the feelings and the experiences that we had with the original trauma. And I'm not in any way saying that this is light work, that it's easy work, that it's instantaneous work. This is incredibly difficult. It's very conscientious. It's very disciplined. Um, this takes a long time of dedicated work to move through your trauma triggers and deactivate that trauma trigger cycle. But if manifestors are not willing to do it, then who else is? If manifestors are not able and willing to be the people that initiate this first and experience this level of healing first and then um, really lovingly initiate other people into it, then who is going to? That doesn't mean that we have to do it alone. We have support from people. We have support from a whole range of fields and industries that can guide us through this. And maybe, yeah, maybe that is from a projector. Maybe it is from a generator, right? Maybe it is from one of these other energy types. But you as the manifester are the one who is doing the work to deactivate that trauma trigger cycle. And in doing that, you are really, really impacting, influencing and creating a ripple effect through everybody around you. Now, there are a ton of different ways that you can be working on trauma triggers. If this is resonating with you, if this is landing with you and you're sitting there listening to this podcast episode and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just seeing all of my trauma triggers now. <laughs> like, I see how I've been in a trauma trigger cycle like so many times and in so many relationships. What the hell do I actually do about that? There are a number of pathways that you can go down. The area of somatics is really helpful to trauma therapy. This is the use of the body, movement of the body and identifying stored emotion and energy in the body um, for the purpose of healing. So some kind of somatic therapist or somatic specialist is going to be amazing if that's something that really resonates with you as a pathway. You can also go down the more uh, clinical, I guess, like the more um, Western route where we look at either psychotherapy or we look at things like EMDR therapy. You can go down the route of CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, but there has been a lot of evidence and, and uh, research now that indicates that CBT is not particularly helpful for trauma therapy because um, trauma is not necessarily behavioral. <laughs> trauma is neurological and, and based on your central nervous system. So EMDR therapy tends to be a little bit more helpful. Um, you can also look at areas like uh, somebody who is a trauma-informed coach. So we now have a lot of fields of coaching, like life coaching, even business coaching, where people are really specialized in trauma. If you're going down that coaching route, please make sure that the person legitimately is specialized in trauma. At, you know, ask for their qualifications, ask for their experience, ask for their area of expertise. Um, because a lot of people are kind of now claiming like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm trauma informed or I'm a trauma specialist. And this is not an area that you want to play in unless you really legitimately are understanding the process that's happening in the body and how to guide somebody out of that. You can also go down uh, like clinical hypnosis. So uh, looking at using different brain frequencies and altering your subconscious patterns. That's also helpful. A lot of energetic healing. So um, people who work in the realm of energetics or just straight up healers. 
who have a lot of experience with working with trauma, um, whether it be their own trauma or you know their client's trauma. That's also helpful. That's one of my favorite ways of doing trauma work. Um, and additionally, you can look at people who do plant medicine. So plant medicine is is highly regarded as uh, you know been both Western and Eastern medicine, in fact, as a kind of like a shortcut through working through trauma. So things like um, ayahuasca, psilocybin, combo, but there's now a lot of evidence emerging around the use of um, like chemical psychedelics. Um, so like taking acid, um, you know, these are things that would want to be done in a controlled, supported, nurtured environment from somebody who is a specialist in these areas of medicine and you know is really honoring the history particularly of plant medicine practicing but these plant medicines can have a profound effect on your body's ability to process trauma and can almost like bypass the mapping in the brain to help you tra- uh, heal your trauma at a really deep level so there are options available if you're identifying yourself as somebody now who is perhaps in a trauma trigger cycle that maybe the way that you've been viewing your behavior in relationships is not about being a manifester and it's about you know, being a traumatized person um, and reenacting all of these traumas, then I strongly encourage you to at least start with those areas and do a little bit of research and see which area might resonate with you because trauma does not go away on its own. It doesn't disappear on its own. It, it creates deeper neural pathways. It creates more intense trauma triggers. Your trauma is your trauma and it's your responsibility to, to move through and to journey through. And I will say, you know, as a manifester who has experienced a lot of trauma and done a lot of trauma work, and, and I still think I'm kind of an infant in the trauma work field, um, which is why I don't teach too specifically on it all that often. I think that we all have a sense of solidarity around that. As manifestors, we all recognize trauma in each other. We recognize the unique experience that we have with trauma and uh, at least in the manifesto community, there are literally tens of thousands of manifestors cheering you on and supporting you and encouraging you in doing that and who are almost always willing to share their personal experiences of trauma and trauma healing. So please don't be afraid to um, reach out in that space. If you are part of um, the Manifesto Network Facebook group, which you do need to purchase a product from us to get access to that through an exclusive password, but we have products that start from $9.95 Australian dollars, which is like five dollars us um you are you know that is such a supportive environment for you to share about this journey in there if you like um you can also join the manifested district uh which is our kind of like our quasi manifested membership i guess we just membership done differently <laughs> so we host incubator calls three times across the month that's also a very intimate safe space that's not recorded it's just for connection so it's there for you to be able to share some of this process and journey with other manifestors who are going to get it um, and if this is an area that you want to dive into much more deeply i guess on a human design or a gene keys level or on that that you know manifestor level we now have the doors open for um, manifest a mastery so the doors are now open evergreen they're open all the time we previously have kind of done one opening a year but we've moved this to an evergreen program so you can now come into that at any point that you like we have an entire level which is level three which is dedicated to advanced healing for manifestors through human design through gene keys through other energetic um, and somatic and psychological healing tools so 
If this is an area that you feel like you really need to be moving through as a manifester, you might want to check out Manifestor Mastery, but we also have these free and very low cost ways of getting support and connection into the community for that as well. For those of you who don't want to go full on in depth with a whole mastery program. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm going to stop talking. My throat is about to give out. So I'm going to go back to my rest cycling and watch a little bit more Bridgerton for the afternoon once I've eaten some food. Thanks for being here. Thank you for listening to this one. I know this was um, a little bit more science-y, um, a little bit more psychological. Um, that's kind of my jam. It's an area that I love existing in, but I know we talk a lot more about energetics in this space. So hopefully this was a bit of a broader view and helped you to understand things in a new way. I appreciate all of you for being here and I will be back in a couple of weeks time with another episode, but coming up in the episode after this, we are back with our beautiful co-host Taylor. So until I chat with you again, keep hunting for purpose. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.